From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, I'm Sarah Reith, with a half-hour special on this week's developments with the Potter Valley Project. A group of regional interests has submitted a proposal to PG&E in hopes of continuing the diversion of Eel River water into the Russian River after the Potter Valley Project is decommissioned. PG&E has stated publicly that it would move forward with plans to take all its infrastructure out of the river if a third party did not step forward by the end of July with a viable plan to take over the project in some form. Now the Sonoma County Water Agency, the Mendocino County Inland Water and Power Commission, and the Round Valley Indian Tribes have drafted a proposal to take over the infrastructure downstream of Scott Dam. That includes the Van Arsdale Reservoir and its facilities, Cape Horn Dam, diversion tunnels and penstocks, the river and diversion gauges, access roads and powerhouse facilities, a helicopter landing site, and the 1905 water right owned by PG&E that authorizes diversions from the Eel River. Because the project no longer generates electricity, the agencies plan to ask the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or FERC, to create a non-power license for the diversion. The proposal also includes brief descriptions of two options for continuing the diversion by re-engineering Cape Horn Dam and eliminating the Van Arsdale Reservoir. Water would only be diverted during the wet months. A contractor is exploring the possibility of storing water somewhere in Potter Valley. One option for the diversion is a pump-back station, and the other is an 800-foot channel built of large rocks. An engineering firm is working up the options using a grant that Sonoma Water got from the Department of Water Resources. The proposal mostly consists of a set of conditions the agencies must meet if they want PG&E to include it in the final license surrender application to FERC, which is due at the end of January 2025. An initial draft of the plan is due in November of this year. The three agencies plan to begin discussions on a purchase and sale agreement next week. Janet Polly is chair of the Mendocino County Inland Water and Power Commission, which includes the county, the city of Ukiah, the Potter Valley Irrigation District, the Redwood Valley County Water District, and the Russian River Flood Control and Water Conservation Improvement District, a water wholesaler. We're a ways away off from having a final surrender plan that would be filed with FERC in January of 2025. But until then, as you can see from the timeline, uh, we will be forming a regional entity, an entity that can legally uh, negotiate um, a purchase and sale agreement, for example, with PG&E. And how that is going to unfold is still yet to be determined. And that's something that the proponents of this um, proposal are going to be working on right away now to see what that regional entity looks like. At this point, it may be an Uh, an interim regional entity, Um, but we fully expect to have lots of conversations about this within the um, Russian River Water Forum working groups. At the same time, we also will be having conversations in the working groups regarding financing of this regional entity. So a lot of that hard work is going to happen through the Russian River Water Forum and the planning committee and the working groups that are already set up and have been meeting. But some parties that were not included in the negotiations with PG&E feel betrayed. The Russian River Water Forum, which includes many of the same parties that were involved in Congressman Jared Huffman's two-basin ad hoc group, has been meeting to discuss the future of the project after decommissioning. A previous attempt to take over the license for the project as it stands now failed to get the funding it needed for studies to file an application. California Trout, a fisheries and environmental advocacy group, was a member of that alliance. Executive Director Curtis Knight says this week's announcement has created a lot of community mistrust. 
you know, we've been working with these groups, with Sonoma, with Mendocino, with Round Valley, Humboldt, conservation community members, Weot Tribe, others, a lot of people over the last three, four years, especially on these issues. And I think from a process standpoint, having three groups stepping forward with a real lack of consultation or involvement with some others that have been heavily involved on kind of a partnership level, that was tough. That's a tough, tough process-wise is really, really not good. And I think that's violated a lot of trust and it creates some real, real issues in a lot of different ways. So, you know, I think we all recognize that an issue this big involving so many stakeholders, the solutions are going to come from a, from a big table. So that's one thing that's out there and that's real and that's going to persist for a while. And then with that said too, you know, looking at the substance, I think you're right. There's not a lot of detail in there, particularly striking on some of those things like a regional entity. It's an issue we've talked about for a long time, but it's a big deal to establish a joint powers authority slash regional entity that would eventually own a water diversion structure, a water right, and charge water users for that. Now, that's the path. That's the right path. But there's a lot of details there to work out in a short period of time. I think there's also a lot of question in that proposal about Cape Horn Dam. I mean, that's been a central issue for a while. I think, you know, at a big picture substance standpoint, there's some good things in here as far as acknowledging that Cape Horn Dam is, is going to be gone, that it's a structure that is that is not going to factor into this diversion, at least the, the dam itself, abandoning the ladder, the idea of putting a ladder on Cape Horn Dam, which is something that never had broad support. And finally, that option being dropped out there is a real acknowledgement that Cape Horn Dam is coming out, and that's a huge thing. Um, the acknowledgement that water users on the Russian side have to pay for Eel River water, that's a huge thing. Scott Dam isn't really mentioned in this proposal because it's very focused on the facilities that they want to retain from PG&E, but Scott Dam is, is going to be removed. And I think all parties are acknowledging that. It's what PG&E says they're going to do. So there is some progress in there, but there's still a lot of details to work out. And um, that's something that needs to be done in a very open and collaborative way. And there's a lack of trust that we're going to have to, to get over before we can get, get back to that. No, I'm sorry that there's that feeling. I I believe it's pretty clear to most people that we had an extremely short timeline to put together any kind of a concept paper or a timeline uh, for PG&E. And since we were constrained by a non-disclosure agreement with PG&E, we, we honored that and we moved forward as quickly as we possibly could. Uh, this was... This was uh, given to PG&E basically on the 31st of July, and they gave us the July as the the cutoff for receiving any kind of uh, proposals. And we made it, but uh, it was was tight. Now moving forward, we're hoping to get support from all of the entities, all of the stakeholders that are involved. I think our proposal is, uh, covers, the concerns of most of the stakeholders that wish to see a true two-basin solution that protects the diversion and enhances and improves the fishery conditions on the Eel River as well. Louis Bill Whipple is president of the Round Valley Indian Tribes. 
He says the proposal is the first step in a long-held goal. This is one pathway to advancing the tribe's goal of a restored fishery. Um, This is going to be a long process, and the tribes are eager to get started. Congressman Jared Huffman, who's worked for years on a two-basin solution, is encouraged by the proposal. In some ways, this represents an important step forward, not so much by Round Valley, but by the Sonoma and Mendocino County interests that offered this proposal. Because if you interpret it correctly, uh, this shows that they are resigned to the removal of Scott Dam and that their only concern really is to protect the diversion infrastructure in the vicinity of Cape Horn. That, that's a huge pivot from where some of these groups have historically been, where it looked like you know we were going to have this long, drawn-out fight over whether Scott Dam came out. And I think more and more people have accepted the inevitability of Scott Dam removal and, and really also the inevitability of, of Cape Horn removal they're just now concerned about um, making sure that the infrastructure that's left behind can sustain a run-of-the-river diversion. And I've always thought that's a good place for this to land. Uh, good for the Eel River, for fish passage, uh, and good for the Russian River Basin, which does depend on um, some diversions from the Eel. Uh, we can actually meet the needs of both basins if we do it this way. Are you concerned that this will result in a huge delay in removing Scott Dam? It shouldn't. No, I don't see anything about this that should delay removing Scott Dam. And a couple of the fisheries interests I spoke with expressed frustration that they had not been included. Honestly, my thought is the process was not good. It is a fragile trust that we try to maintain between these Eel River interests and the Russian River interests. And, you know, when they kind of cut out major stakeholders and uh, do things in a secretive way, that does uh, strain the goodwill and the trust. So we got some work to do to to put that back together. But on the substance of what's going on here, it's really quite encouraging, I believe, overall. Uh, It indicates that we are closer and closer to that sweet spot of the two-basin solution where uh, a run-of-the-river diversion on the eel enables a free-flowing wild eel river that can support restored salmon and steelhead fisheries, but also a mechanism to meet the water needs that have built up over the last hundred years around the Potter Valley project. And in terms of substance, it's a little lean on detail right now. I was thinking it is a promise to make a lot of plans to submit to PG&E in hopes that they'll then submit that plan to FERC for its yeah. consideration. This is really high-level cursory stuff. And, you know, FERC would never sign off on something that ambiguous. So the onus is really on these Russian River Basin interests to put the pieces in place where they could actually uh, take ownership of some of this infrastructure and the water right that is associated with that infrastructure. And if they, if anyone in the Russian River Basin assumes that they're just going to have the ability to, to take years and years to do this, I think that's a mistake. Uh, this is a decommissioning that's going to move very quickly. PG&E has made it clear that they're, they're not interested in delay. They want to they wanna have closure on this project and get it off their books as quickly as possible. Um, I believe FERC wants the same thing. 
So um, I think one takeaway from this is that there's a lot of work that needs to happen sort of institutionally on the Russian River side to figure out those details. Alicia Heyman, executive director of Friend of the Eel River, which has long fought for full removal of the Potter Valley Project, is worried that won't happen in a hurry. On its face value, on, on paper, the proposal doesn't look too bad. Um, it's good to see that water users are fully embracing that both dams need to be removed. Um, but there's a lot of really important questions that are left unanswered by this proposal. And we have some concerns that parts of the proposal are pretty vague. And um, like I said, while it looks good on paper, it is very likely to result in delays to PG&E's uh, dam removal schedule. And delays mean additional harms to Eel River fish at this point. There are two proposals for rebuilding the, the Van Arsdale facility, which is going to have a new name. Does either one of those look more promising to you, or are they still not fleshed out enough to really come up with a, an assessment? Well, you know, what this proposal is suggesting is that um, those, those two alternatives need additional studies. You know, at this point, there's not much of a design concept for them. You know, I will say that of those two options, we prefer the pump back method. Um, it, the, the rough and channel um, alternative put, really puts the burden of the diversion on Eel River fish. So if something goes wrong with the infrastructure, with all the material that's going to be in the river, the fish are going to be the ones who are going to struggle because of that. Whereas with a pump alternative, um, it puts more of the burden of any potential failure on water users. That really is our preferred choice. But actually, what we would really prefer is to be included in the decision-making processes for how we're going to proceed forward. Because there's another alternative, which is completely removing the Cape Horn Dam facilities. And, um, and that, that has yet to be studied. And we really think that that is the best option for Eel River fish. Heyman says she thinks the Russian River Water Forum is a smokescreen. But Pam Jean, an assistant general manager of Sonoma Water, says the fisheries' interests are integral to the agreement that will be presented first to PG&E and then possibly to FERC. We would love to see the forum start to focus on some really important questions that need answering in order for that proposal to come to fruition. And a couple of those items include things like um, economics, for operation of a potential continued diversion, also looking at um, governance, although because there's this need to create this new regional entity, I'm not sure that they'll start from scratch, but they'll probably have some input to be working from on that particular issue. We're also hoping that uh, the forum, if folks are interested, will continue to look at water supply sustainability or reliability on the Russian River. We've never really had a group of, of people working on the Russian River across Mendocino and Sonoma counties looking at water supply reliability in general. So we're also hoping that that group will continue to look at that. And I've spoken with a couple of fisheries interests this morning, and um, they just found out about this proposal yesterday, and it sounds like there's been a, a loss of trust among some of the partners who were not involved in this negotiation with PG&E. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that and, and how the, the trust can be restored. Well, I'm hoping that the trust can be restored through um, 
negotiating some sort of agreement, settlement. I don't know what you exactly want to call it, but we need for um, both the resource agencies and all, all of the fisheries interests to agree to a project. This isn't going to move forward without their support. So we are already working with the fishery agencies and some of those fishery groups to determine of the two projects that were described in the proposal, which one will work. We don't know yet because the engineering is still being done on it, but we're hoping that they will um, continue to work with us through that process, which they are already working with us on that. You know, we weren't able to raise the funds before, and we're hoping that we can do that now, Um, but we are on a very fast timeline. We intend to comply with PG&E's timeline. We don't, we're not trying to extend it, um, and it's very tight. So we're going to work our hardest to get there. Uh, one thing that's missing is mentioned of, of uh, where the money will come from. Well, we have version. some ideas, but that is one of the things that we would like for the forum to work on. They're going to have to work fast. <laughs> um, it's going to be speedy, but that is one of those pieces that we were hoping one of the working group for the Russian River Water Forum will work on. And what's your timeline for when you'll find out if PG&E has accepted your proposal and you can move on to the next step? We don't have a timeline from PG&E, so I can't answer that question. You'd have to ask them. PG&E is enigmatic about the fate of the proposal, saying only that the company has received it and is reviewing it. Mendocino County is in no position to provide funding for an elaborate water project. Fourth District Supervisor Dan Jurdy doesn't think the county will be on the hook. The purpose of this effort would be to insulate any liabilities to the standalone agencies and further the intent. And I think it's fair to say the Board of Supervisors is united in this, is to say that the people who benefit from this water, and, and there are many people in Benson County that would benefit, but they would pay in proportion to their benefit. Same thing with the people in Sonoma County. I believe the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors is also taking this approach. So, for example, using hypothetical numbers, if 80% of the water in Mendocino County was going to be used by ag users, then the ag users of this water would pay 80% of the cost and 80% of the liability. If in Mendocino County, 20% of the users were urban residential business users, they would have 20% of the cost, just using hypothetical numbers. Maybe it's the opposite in Sonoma County. But I think that's the approach that we're all trying to take, which is those who benefit from the water are the ones who pay for it. So I didn't see that in writing in the proposal. I might have missed something. Well, <laughs> there's a lot to work out in terms of rate structure and everything else that's kind of down the road. But I think that's that's the intent. So all the parties are involved. And as most people would recognize, the Sonoma County Water Agency is a very large agency in terms of revenue and staffing. So they're obviously um, taking a, a, one of the lead roles in, in, in this. Uh, but there are other water experts here in Mendocino County and, and stakeholders that are actively involved as well. Well, recently there was a tax initiative that was originally going to include water projects, and you came out pretty strongly against it. Does this proposal that we just saw this week, which is very early stages, like a lot has to happen before it goes anywhere, but does this proposal go towards alleviating some of the concerns that you brought up during the the discussions about the tax initiative? 
I hope it does, uh, because the the concern I had with the the proposed sales tax was, in that case, they were looking at everybody in Mendocino County, whether they used the water or not, whether they used a tiny bit of the water or a large amount of water, they were all being asked to pay a sales tax. This has nothing to do with the sales tax discussion, and and this again the the principle that I believe both the Sonoma County supervisors, Mendocino County supervisors, and others are. are taking to this is that as people people pay in proportion to the amount of water that they're going to use. And what assurance do you have that that that's the way it's going to unfold? Well, with everything, it, that's a work in progress. It, it's not over till, until the document is signed, but we'll, and, the, and the rate structures are adopted. So we'll, we'll just have to, you know, everybody be vigilant on this and um, monitor it as it moves forward. PG&E's acceptance of the proposal is contingent on the regional entity receiving support from the National Marine Fisheries Service and the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, and from representative governmental and non-governmental entities from the Russian and Eel River basins. The regional entity will also have to bear the costs, risks, and liabilities of the proposal. Pam Jean shared some of the details that are available so far. This first phase of engineering work is being um, completed under a, a grant from the California Department of Water Resources. The uh, consulting firm that's working on it is called McMillan Engineering. They're very familiar with the project because they've done work in the past for the two basin solution partners, um, past feasibility work. So this is what they're doing is an extension or sort of a additional work in addition to that. So they did not start from scratch. They started from from a place where uh, the partners left off. We expect that they will have preliminary designs at a, about a 30% level completed next spring. And that's the $2 million DWR grant? Yes. That's being used for three different things. One of them was to fund the water forum, okay. the Russian River Water Forum. The third item is um, looking at water supply, specifically in the Potter Valley, looking at groundwater, potential surface water storage, conservation, all sorts of different options in the Potter Valley itself. And I'm wondering if there's any thinking about monetizing the water or making or figuring out who gets which percentage of the water mm -hmm. from the Eel River and yeah I think that's a big question and I get, again I think that's one of the things we're hoping that the work group for the forum can work on the economics work group because I think that's going to be a, a really hard discussion getting people to understand who benefits to what level they benefit and then uh, and then attaching a cost to that is going that's going to be a hard discussion but it needs to happen are you um, hoping that there will be a little more clarity when PG&E turns in its draft plan in November? Well, I hope so. We don't even know at this point if they're going to include our, the proposal, but we're hoping so. We're hoping that, you know, they'll leave that door open for us. One of the things that's in the, the proposal is that the regional entity will be responsible for financial liabilities. Are you worried that the entity will end up having to pay for the costs of removing the dams? Well, the proposal, if you notice, does not speak to Scott Dam. No. The proposal does not mention Scott Dam because the proposal doesn't include Scott Dam. So, mm -hmm. no, on that, on Scott Dam in particular, I would not expect this entity to even have to deal with that at all, other than 
coordinating with PG&E if they're going to remove the dam, how that would impact the diversion and when they would do it, how they would do it, that sort of thing. But if I was the regional entity, <laughs> I would um, be negotiating with PG&E and saying, yeah, we're not, we're not going to pay for that. We'll pay for what we need and our fair share of the costs of you know, building new facilities and taking care of whatever we need. But I would not expect the regional entity to be paying for, for things that PG&E should be paying for. Curtis Knight of Caltrout is also not worried that the entity will get stuck with the bill for dam removal. My assumption has always been it's under FERC jurisdiction and FERC's going to make them responsible in their surrender decommissioning process for paying for exiting the basin. These dams are unsafe. They're not producing electricity. They're going to be gone. But it's just a matter of how quick we get them gone. Which of the two options between the Ruffin Channel and the pumpback option looks more viable to you? Yeah, we've been really involved with this. The pumpback looks a lot better to us. It's still striking to me as I've looked at both those options, how much channel control, you know, you still need to slow down the water a little bit there to to provide a place to pump from, for example, and even more so if you try to do a gravity diversion. Our biggest concern that you you see this with fish ladders all the time, where if they're not properly maintained, the burden falls on the fish. You know, big floods, fills in with sediment, whatever, the onus is then on the on the fish fish side of things. And that's really what we want to avoid here in the Yale River. For her part, Polly of the Inland Water and Power Commission and the Potter Valley Irrigation District is keeping an open mind about which diversion option she's willing to support. I'm, I'm a zoologist and a, and, a, and a farmer. I am not uh, an engineer, so I'm leaving it to the engineers to give us the information we need to have to make a wise decision moving forward. Well, what is your next step and what is your deadline for when you have to make it? We will continue to move forward with, with our IWCC will move forward with Sonoma Water and the tribes in working on the next step for us, which is the formation of a regional entity and working within the within the planning committee and the Russian River Water Forum working groups so we can start to understand more of the information that we need to have with regards to, for example, financing and budget, what fishery concerns might be moving forward depending on the alternative that's chosen for the diversion. We'll continue to work with uh, another consulting firm that's been hired with the DWR money uh, by the name of Jacobs, who's working on looking at surface and groundwater storage in Potter Valley. And the working groups, also, there'll be discussions there with, with regard to water rights, which, of course, are critical to maintaining the diversion. It sounds like the membership of the regional entity is not set in stone yet. Is there an opportunity for other organizations to join it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now the proponents are the three entities, the Round Valley Tribes, Sonoma Water, and Mendocino County Inland Water and Power Commission. I don't think we have any illusions that the three of us can handle this on our own. And it is going to be a regional concern. All voices need to be heard. We have no idea what the ultimate regional entity will look like. And again, we're a little ways away from getting to that point. As I mentioned, there are so many questions that we still have and information we still need. I don't think most other entities will join unless they have answers to some of these questions too.
We need to know how much water is potentially going to be diverted. We need to understand that whatever options are chosen for diversion facilities are acceptable to fisheries agencies and those people that understand what uh, the fishery requires. So we're we're a ways away from getting to a place where I think a lot of people are going to jump up with their hands up and say, I want to join. But the closer we get, the more information we have, I believe we'll be able to build a really strong coalition of interests that will be part of the regional entity that ends up running and owning and operating this uh, facility and the whole project. The next meeting of the Russian River Water Forum is on Thursday, August 17th on Zoom from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And if this proposal is not included in the draft plan in November, is that the end of the story? Oh, I don't know (laughs) if there's an end to the story. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Reif. You can find this extended special on the KZYX News podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Now to the world in progress.